Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to a Super Bloom podcast. It's Candace King, and we are talking about a subject matter today that I have a a love hate relationship with. Um, I actually was just scrolling TikTok, the tickety talk. That's that's what the kids call it, right? Nope, just me. Um, I was scrolling the tickety talk to uh, try to find a popular, like a like a trending sound. A trending sound, because that's what we do these days, because I'm trying to get out there and remind all of you that there are clips of this podcast on the Tickety Talk and on the Instagram. Uh, So if you don't follow me on those socials, just go to uh, Super Bloom Podcast on both of them Um, and you can follow and you can get little clips and stay up to date about what new episodes are coming out and when. And this is all important because this is how we get this new information. You know, this is how we promote ourselves and we promote our brands and it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot and it's something that usually stresses me out. Like I'm already getting the coffee sweats because this is something that I feel like I'm not super knowledgeable in, which is why I work with people who are more knowledgeable than me, like our guest today. Today, I'm hanging out with Ursuline Okonkwo. Ursuline is a former corporate creative turned Los Angeles-based content creator who stands at the intersection of influence and advocacy, reshaping the landscape of lifestyle content with a focus on beauty, wellness, pop culture, and social change. If you don't already follow Ursuline on social media, she is at Ursuline TV. That is at U-R-S-U-L-L-I-N-E TV. And yeah, I'm spelling out her handle because you guys should go follow her because she is an amazing content creator, which I am aspiring to be better at. And uh, I'm very excited to sit down with her and really and talk about like the nitty gritty parts of content creating. Because for me, I have taken a backseat for many years. And I know that right now it doesn't look that way. And right now I seem to be a content creator myself. And I've said this on this podcast before. That is only because I am in a position where I feel very lucky. I've been able to be introduced to a team of people. I've been able to be in a position financially to hire a team of people to help me, to teach me, and also to help like edit things for me that I don't know how to edit and put the camera in a place so that like it looks good and it doesn't move. And then when I jump, I have like a new pair of boots on as if I'm like Harry Potter or like a wizard, as if I'm like some sorceress of fashion. You know, like I don't I don't come up with those things. I don't know the 
trending tickety-tock sounds. It's going to take me a whole other hour of just scrolling through through things that I don't understand and like hip songs that I now know only the chorus to and not the entirety of the song because I just hear it on my like random searches trying to find the trending TikTok sounds and then that and then this is the spiral that I get into. So this is why I work with the team. This is why I work with the team to try to promote this podcast and promote myself and I want to get better at it and I want to learn how to enjoy it. And I want to learn how to appreciate it. And luckily, that is what we are going to do with Ursuline today. So if you have found yourself in a position where you've been interested in what the life is like of a content creator, a successful one that is working with big brands and going to big premieres and parties and events, um, then this is the episode for you. So buckle up, Buttercup. We're going to hang out with Ursuline Okonkwo, and we are going to dive into the world of content creation. I'm so sorry. Ursuline, you're so fine. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing well. How are you, Candace? I'm good. I'm dying because this is like, this is perfectly sums up everything. And we like the fact that we are here to talk about something that is like, I have a love hate relationship with, which is obviously I'm excited for my listeners to get to know you better. But also we're talking about content creation today. We're talking about like being our own brand and what that looks like in 2023 and the evolution of that. And especially, you know, you do it so well. I mean, you, you this is your career. And yeah. yet here we are. And you, I'm just laughing so hard at you're like, <laughs> we're trying to get on. We're switching applications. Like the volume's not coming through. Then we have, we're using the phones to all contact each other. And it's just the the technology grind if you will. And those days where like nothing seems to work and everything that's supposed to make life easier just makes it feel harder. And to (laughs) me, that is how I feel about any content creation. So the fact that like, for me, I just was like, okay, so this is everybody, right? We all have those days where we're like, what are we doing with our lives? Well, and you know what it is? It's the fact that we know the impact that that we will be bringing to people who be able to digest and listen and then you're just like eager to get it out there. And so you're like fumbling and things are like falling apart. You like absorb that anxiety because you're like, I want to get this out to you. Um, yes, you summed that all out very well. <laughs> I just love it. You're like, I swear I worked in tech. I know all this things. And it's like, that, like those are the conversations where, where even something as simple as like for me, I get so excited. You know, I have friends that own businesses and I get excited to support their business or, you know, I feel very grateful to be working, you know, in a brand partnership and want to obviously, you know, do a good job. You know, I'm like a type A, like I want the the star sticker. You know, I want to be a good student. Like I'm that kind of person. Yeah. So when I get at like, you know, kind of in adulthood, a work assignment, I want to do it really well. And so sometimes in my industry, as you know, or like in the content creation atmosphere in that kind of world, that looks like putting on a bunch of different outfits and standing in front of a wall and moving around to showcase the clothes, but then having to keep the camera in the same place and then running (laughs) to change your outfit and then having to like adjust the lighting and then having to do that for like an hour. So then you can sit there hunched over like the hunchback of like TikTok and just like slowly edit them all down. And for all of a sudden, the apps just suddenly freeze and you got to start all over again. And and so for me, that that is like my my grind. I, I it's really hard for me to actually enjoy it. Candace, do you have a camera in my apartment? <laughs> you just described my literally. You just described my life. Like there's a there's a corner of my couch where I literally hunch over. It's a bottom that back corner, and I literally hunch over, and I am editing like a fiend. Yes, the world of creation, content creation is truly a grind. It is something that I don't think, and because of the fact that this is still such a new industry, you know, like in comparison to being a doctor, you know, this is less than a a decade, less than a decade old, less than two decades old. It's just interesting, the evolution of like what it takes to create content in a way where you can feel what you're delivering is compelling. And what's interesting is we want to say it's just we want to write it off as like, oh, the influencer trend. It's like, no, 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 no. This is this is like people who are they become their own brand. They become their own business. They become their own boss. And it's not to be ignored. I mean, this is where 
brands are turning to this, you know, place for a reason. It's also we don't watch where branding and advertising would traditionally sell and move product would be, you know, back in the olden times and yesteryear would be in like traditional television commercials, which don't exist anymore. And so this is kind of the new medium for that. And it should be taken seriously. I mean, there is even a like a medical spa where I go to get facials and 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 I and I remember them like, hey, you know, we're actually closed on Sunday just for like kind of a special thing. I was like, oh, are you guys having an event? And they're like, no, we're having our content day. And I was like, that is so smart because it's 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 it is now kind of it's even a more structured business is having to think about how do we engage with our audience and or clientele for do you want and also I can edit this out if you're not comfortable but oh, how old are you I'm 37 in approximately let's see today's date is the fourth so I will be 37 in eight days Oh my God. Well, happy early birthday. <laughs> I'll be 37 in May. So we're of the same generation. Yeah, we're the same So for, for us, it wasn't this idea, like I didn't sit around going like, one day I'm going to be a content creator. The, the, like, <laughs> Whereas this younger generation now, you know, we want to, like I have things where, I'll, or I have moments where I look down and not look down, but I, I go, oh, how do, this is just an entire young generation that all just want to be influencers and no one wants to get out there and get a job anymore. When it's like, this is kind of an companies of the job. There, there are, yes. there are companies who actually, who hire specifically, the job role is content creator now. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's evolving. It's evolving. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> Did, have you enjoyed content creation from the beginning? Because I, I, I do want to kind of jump back, you know, just for so we can all get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. But for you, when did you go, oh, this is this is different? Like, this isn't just a cute photo of me on a vacation or like, you know, hanging out with friends for like a girl's night or, you know, yeah. an outfit I want to show off to whoever's looking at my Instagram, like this is important. (laughs) This is a business now. When did that shift happen for you? So I started this in 2017, directly after a layoff from the Walt Disney Company. And I had been working within a division where we created influencers. We, We supported and were an agency for YouTube stars. PewDiePie was one of, was our, one of our first creators. So I was working in a space where we were literally birthing what even this concept that has evolved today, the name of the company was called Maker Studios. And what they were doing was so dynamic that Disney was like, can we buy you guys? And they bought us out. And what we did is we literally represented YouTube stars. So I got to watch vicariously through the creators that we would bring in and just watching the entire process of what it means to implement merch, what it means to implement brands, what it means to do brand partnerships. Like that was not a concept. What it is today, that concept was like named something differently 10, 12 years ago. So once I was laid off, I was actually trying to get my on-camera hosting career off the ground. So it wasn't so much that I was going into it like, oh, I want to be a YouTube star because I absolutely was not trying to do anything close to what the the verticals that we supported, the people who were doing the YouTube content creation. I mean, they, it was the Bertales, it was PewDiePie. It was like these really, these, these really big names that had already made a, a brand of themselves. So I was more focusing on, I want to be in front of the camera as an entertainment reporter. And, you know, talking through about pop culture. And so I created a series called Celebs That Give a Bleep. And from creating videos around that, I would post on social, but then I would also show my life, show the back behind the scenes. And then I started getting brands who would be in my DMs. And this is like 2017. So what is getting in the DMs now is different than like, it's when people would watch netflix and actually chill like yeah there's been an evolution of certain things (laughs) that have taken a turn (laughs) yeah (laughs) if you're struggling to lose weight you've probably heard about weight loss medications like wigovi or zepbound and you might be wondering if they're right for you meet plush care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, but that was how it started. It was it was the fact that someone would come into my DMs and I would entertain it. And now you're sort of a little skeptical. And then they started offering money for me to do an experience. And that's really where it, it took off. And we'll talk more through this as, you know, you and I are talking more. But I had to, I had to take a back seat when I eventually worked for Meta for Facebook. But yeah, in 2017, that's where it kind of launched for me. I mean, how did you even find yourself working within an or within a company? Just speaking on Maker, how yeah. how did you even get there? Because that what an interesting time. What's so funny is that like is to even have been a weird part of the industry yeah. shift on the theatrical side. You know, yeah. I was working on a television series at the height of popularity. At its height of popularity, Twitter was important. Instagram was not even a thing it yet. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. And then when it did become a thing, it was like there were, you would just post a photo with a really awful filter. <laughs> and you. And then there was this one phase. Remember when everyone had like the who say like little logo on the bottom of their photos? <laughs> I was like looking up an old photo for anyone that's super young listening. It used to be like this like copyright thing or there used to be like the all of a sudden we all were like, you had you had to like do this extra application to like copyright your photo and everyone did it for a minute. It was so crazy. It was so crazy. It was, just, it was and no one and then, but also what was so interesting is like you know you now you're encouraged to promote promote promote. Yeah. It's even worked into con contractual you know it becomes like a contractual obligation whereas like at this point it was you will get in trouble if you post anything. You yeah. will get you know don't take photos, don't say anything. Like, stay silent and how quickly that has shifted in just kind of like the art of promoting and PR for any sort of TV show or film. And it, it happened so quickly within the course of even just an eight season wow. career which I'm still kind of mystified by. And I've had to even kind of on this other side, you know, explore. I had had it ingrained in my into my brain that, you know, any sort of like the the, the inf, like the word influencer was a bad word. Yeah. YouTuber was a bad word. <laughs> it was kind of looked down upon. It's like back in the olden entertainment days, which <laughs> isn't olden. I'm just joking. But where it used to be like the Emmys was one thing. The Golden Globes was another thing. The Oscars were another. Like it was just like this whole thing like ridiculous pedestal game when in reality like everyone should be like celebrating everyone's work and now sure. look at all these like people who have like won oscars or like on all these acclaimed things who now are on youtube who yeah. are also like building brands and making tiktok videos and it is and i cannot believe how quickly like, yeah. that changed in just a matter of like 10 to 15 years. So I want to make a point about something that you brought up because when it comes to the shift in the, I guess, how people viewed 
this industry and how you're talking about like, oh, you know, saying the word influencer, saying the word YouTuber was taboo. So we actually had people specifically who would measure popularity like that. That was something we 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 had internally within our organization to basically provide data for all of these brands, you know, like you could compare Tom Cruise, who was a traditional, traditional in the sense of media celebrity. And then you would compare that to a YouTuber. The YouTuber would have 300 X more popularity than the entirety of the career of one of the most like famous or well-known actors. And that shift and sort of that understanding is why brands started to put people in Pepsi commercials and all these things. And so it almost like forced us as the viewer to go, okay, I guess this is the thing now, you know? Mm-hmm. So just, just I, I felt like that was something to bring up because I kind of got to see that behind the scenes and understanding, oh, that's why. You know, I'd go to a VinCon and I'd be like, who is that? And then you couldn't be saying that anymore. You couldn't say like, who is that? Because it's like, no, don't say that because there's hundreds of thousands of people who know who that person is. <laughs> Yes. So yeah, lots of data to, to back it up. So you want it, I know you want working on your hosting career. Yeah. So at what point, how long were you with Meta? Was this, was it considered Facebook at the time or was it already yeah. Meta? By the yeah. Time you were... So I actually joined Meta in 2019. So we were very much Facebook and very much in this just very cool. I mean, it's still, listen, there's a lot that's happened at Facebook. So, but for what it's worth, it was just in this era where we were only what, two and a half, three years after implementing Instagram stories, really cool things were still launching by 2019. In fact, the world at Meta, everything happens so quickly. We launch products sometimes, you know, every other month. Sometimes there's a product that you don't even know is being launched because we have WhatsApp. Right? I'm, listen to me. I'm still saying we. This is, this is how you get in. This is how ingrained you get. I was there for almost four <laughs> years. So, but yeah, I think a lot of the world there was very much about being part of something that is literally once in a lifetime, you're never going to be a part of something like that is so ingrained in people's lives. So I, I really appreciate my time there because I, a lot of it, I, I implement to this day, you know, my knowledge of how the products work has been something that's been incomparable, honestly. So I can't imagine. Well, especially now as you've really built your own brand yeah. as some is there like a new word for influencer or just content, content creator? creator? Content yeah. creator. I like as someone I do too. And, and because it is. You are it is it's work. It is yeah. not something that you just kind of I that's what I had to kind of remove from my, you know, brain was that it's just something that people just like pop the phone out and be like, oh do 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 like, hey guys, check this out. <laughs> You know, like and subscribe or whatever the, the the children say, but whatever, or these like very organized adults say that are running their own business that I'm trying to learn from. It's not. It's <laughs> It takes time. Yes. Uh, oftentimes there are teams of people. Like once I realized that I'm behind and I'm not going to catch up as quickly as I thought I would. And fortunately, and again, I know I'm very aware of the fact that I'm in a position to be working with brands that maybe help me out or I'm as far as like introducing me to people who are good at content creating or or working with people that I then hire to work alongside me and yeah. help me create the content. Yeah. That is where I've really had a whole new appreciation for what goes into it it's because true. it is not as simple as just picking up the phone. What are some of the things? Because regardless if it is a full-time job, I think everyone listening, especially knowing that this is an episode about like content creation yeah. as well and, and what we can, how we can learn to either enjoy it or evolve and be better better at it for those who do want to improve on it. For you, coming from, you know, the creator background, you know, your time with with the company that was developing Disney stars, as well as Maker, Meta, yeah. what, are, yeah, Maker, thank you. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've taken that is, it helps your knowledge of how this business works when it goes so quickly? Oh what are kind God. of the tried and true pieces of like information that sticks with you? Yeah. So, uh, gosh, first off, I, something that people, maybe even somebody who's interested in going into any of these environments, these are all internally marketed as learning environments. And what I mean by that is when you're there, they specifically are 
just harping that we are constantly learning. We are constantly breaking things and then we are replacing it. We're breaking it and we're replacing it. And that concept has been something that I think for me, as I create content, you're looking at what works and you're constantly figuring out, okay, I'm not going to do that. Let me create something else. How is it that I can get people's attention? What's the first hook that I can use? I have not, because of the fact that I've known a lot about what goes on behind the scenes, right? I was at Facebook. So oftentimes I'm working with creators, some creators who have like 7.2 million followers and their Instagram is not working. So I had a lot of background intel on what it took for me to get an engineer to try and fix things. Or like if there was somebody who should have been verified, you know, like kind of knowing the intel behind that. And so I say all that to say that knowing and understanding that I sort of needed to create content in a way where I know what a hook is and how to actually get people engaged and also stay somebody who is learning and researching what it is that people want to see that has been something that I have now implemented into the way that I create. So oftentimes what I'm doing is uh, if there's a program right now, I, I love this is actually a creator herself. Her name's Tina Lee. She has a program it's called Full-Time Influencer. And so even though I've known the behind the scenes that I just detailed, I still continue to be a student even in the thing that I feel like I've been doing since 2017, learning, you know, all the lingo, you know, what is it to whitelist? What is it to have whitelisting? What does it mean to have, you know, your content in, in perpetuity? What does all that stuff mean? Yeah. Like, what are some of these things? <laughs> so when someone whitelists your content, it essentially means that they can use your content without you necessarily needing to post it on your, on, on your page. So for instance, if I create content for someone, I don't need to necessarily have that posted on my page. They can keep that content for themselves and use that content for anything. They could even repurpose it if they wanted to. They could use that for, for whatever use. They, there could be like a Labor Day sale, but we created that like in February. So long as the content is usable, they can use that content and you're giving that permission. And you usually go through that, through that detail when you sign the contract. So that's one. And then a second piece is when you have things in perpetuity, that means that they can use it past one year usage. So if you have a contract and you have negotiated the terms and part of it is that they can keep the content that you create for them, either when in a one year contract or in perpetuity, the difference between the two is literally from, let's say it was February 1st of 2023, they can use that content up to February 1st, 2024. If it was in perpetuity, they can use that forever, forever. <laughs> Forever. forever. Now, the, the difference... Pay is, attention to that word, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, forever. When you're signing a contract. Seriously, because if you do something and you're like really not comfortable with it, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to make this up. I know that there's someone that I know specifically who's doing like, you know, men's men's health stuff. We'll just call it that. He's doing men's health stuff right now. And I'm saying to him... I hope that in the next 10 years, you're okay <laughs> with that being out there because it's all in perpetuity, his contract that he signed. But yes, just learning and understanding this lingo through this program and just being a student has been something that I have taken from the concepts that I learned being in these learning environments. You're never going to know it all. You're never going to know it all. The industry is always changing. So being a student and learning along the way is the best way to approach this. I think what I struggle with on just like a creative content, like is really trying to lean into things that I'm interested in, but then also playing the game, you know, kind of alluding yeah. to what you were saying is like researching, like what do people want to see and what are they going to click on and what's going to capture uh, their attention? But if that's not aligned with the things that you're interested in, yeah. you know, like what, how do you... What, yeah, what what's that dance that everybody does? I, I I am you literally are hitting on something that is very personal to me right now because you know I I think and as you had seen you know I am very very passionate about social advocacy. It is something that I know that for you know the entirety of my life as long as I'm living and breathing, I I really want to be at the forefront of giving people intel about what's going on in the world. And I oftentimes see that the content that usually goes viral for me, I mean, I have videos that have gone 2.5 million views when I'm talking to camera and I'm being really honest and abrupt about what's going on in the world. And it, it, it's one of those things where 
I also have multiple sides to me. I do love talking about wellness. I do love talking about beauty. I was, I, I, I was in pageants, you know, these are very natural extensions of me, but this dance <laughs> between my three pillars, which uh, for anyone listening, you know, having a pillar just at least allows you to anchor into something that you can talk about. So then you're not just posting about anything and the people who come to your page can know what they're getting into. It's kind of like getting into relationship. Like you just kind of need to know what, what am I getting into here when somebody comes, comes on your page? But yeah, for me, like you're really touching on something that honestly, I'm not going to give you some answer. Like, oh, this is how I'm doing it, Candice. Like, no, this is going to be a dance for me too. I really like to talk about what's going on in the world. And so uh, the way that I'm navigating it now is I kind of have a bit of a rule. So it's a, it's like an 85, 15 rule. So 85% of my content is just mainly about the things that people really, that, that bring joy, you know, like the beauty, the wellness co uh, content. And then when I know that it truly needs to be talked about things that are going on in the world, things that are happening right away um, that people can connect to, that people can talk through about and create dialogue so 85, 15 is kind of my rule right now on how I can do what I want to do, but then also research things that, you know, need to be talked about and, and kind of go in that lane. <laughs> when, when did you get to a point where you were working full-time job or what some people would say then like a, a, like your day job, but working towards being a full-time content creator? Yeah. When, when did you make that switch? Because I think a lot of people... Like that's I, even what was interesting was you, I interviewed Dumois a couple I weeks ago. <laughs> like yeah, I was like geeking out. But even speaking with her, I just was like, when do you make that shift? And I think, you know, it's interesting. There are a lot of like younger content creators who have started, you know, kind of at the get go of kind of while they're developing a career. So they kind of have that leeway in starting a career in content creating when you're 20, as opposed to when you're in your 30s yeah. is very, very different. So what, and I know that like, that is actually one of my favorite conversations to have with women who, and it happens all the time. And so many writers too. I, it's a lot of writers that I speak with who find themselves usually at, like a lot of times, sometimes in their 40s and 50s who go like, you know what? I just realized I think this is my time. And I, and I decided to like take the time and finally write this book and, yeah. and, and that we don't have to have this one career path in life and that we are allowed to evolve and we are allowed to grow. So for you, mm. what was that shift from working, especially in a very corporate job to being like, no, actually I can run my own business, be my own brand and be my own boss. The shift was internal and it was that I literally was going to go insane if I continued to keep this as a side hustle. And I eventually had to take a leave of absence from work. That's when I knew. I knew that internally, and I don't know about you, but my body gives me a lot of signals. And I'm sure there are a lot of people listening. Their body is telling them that they are so unhappy and that, that, that there's something else that they need to be doing. And I would notice that when I was doing content creation, say, you know, on a weekend when I was trying to batch post, I just noticed my energy was just so much more open. I would have friends who would tell me like, you're, do you notice that like your whole persona changes when you are in front of the camera, when you are talking? And it was, it was having to go on leave of absence. And I, my body tells me these things. I was having like a tightness in my throat. And usually, um, you know, for people who study yoga or anybody who just studies wellness in any, in any way, your throat chakra is, is almost you not being able to speak your truth. So the tightness in my throat and just feeling so low in energy when I was doing work that maybe at one point was a natural extension of me. I was doing work that I was really good at, you know, like it was a very natural extension of me. The fact that I went to these three organizations that are huge, that are highly sought after, I was working myself to the bone to kind of maintain these jobs and to maintain, 
you know, the, the, the reputation of, of doing well in my job, but it was eating at me. You know, I, I knew that at, eventually I had to make the break. And, um, I gotta say I was forced <laughs> to make this decision because we had mass layoffs. And that to me was like the universe saying, let's go. You got it. You can do it. We're going to do it. I got you. And Kenneth, it's, it's been a full year of me not being in a full-time job, a corporate job, and relying specifically on content creation in a way where I am iter- making iterations, working with really great brands, some on the side where I don't even have to post it on my own page. And I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I finally can reflect back on my life and the ups and downs that I've had and, and know that this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be creating content in a way where, and also, you know, thought leadership in a way where I can inspire people and educate people and use my likeness and my voice to, to make an impact in the world in a much more meaningful way. <laughs> and I know that there's so many wonderful events that content creators, I mean, no matter what, you're going to end up at different events that you, whether they're branded events or even yeah. just a lot of uh, like conventions where specifically content creators are coming together to, you know, what cross pollinate, I think some yeah. of the companies use that, yeah. but also just, it, it's a good opportunity to meet other people who are within your industry. Are there people that you've met that have you heard like your personal experience? Is that shared with a lot of other content creators that you meet were for, that you've met in the last year, at least? Yeah, it's a great question, Candice. Yes, there's two people specifically who are my go-to. We are all three doing this together. And actually one of them, we both were laid off from our companies around the same month or two. I was so happy, by the way, when I was laid off. <laughs> like, I, it was a sigh of relief, as I told you. That's a huge sign, yeah. too, that like that it's the right, yeah, yeah. It was just like, you know, you could feel like, oh my God, thank you so much. <laughs> like, I needed a push, thank you so much. But we both were laid off from our companies at the same time, and we were both elated, and we would kind of do check-ins with each other. Like, all right, what, what are you doing? What, which program are you on? You know, and that student concept that I was talking about, he was doing a program that he felt resonated with him. I went with Tina Lee and really loved the the concepts she was going through, which by the way, for anybody listening, Tina Lee's full-time influencer program is such a great anchor, especially when something as catastrophic as losing your job. But even if it's not catastrophic and you just want to feel an anchor, it's such an, it's such a dynamic program full of multiple modules. And she goes in such detail, like the camera you should purchase, how the, the angles, how you can get smooth transitions. Like she goes into such detail that you literally come out. I think within the first two weeks, I landed my first brand deal joining this program. So definitely always be a student. It doesn't matter the industry that you're in, be a student and anything that you join into. But these three people have been really great sounding boards. Now switching from my one friend to my other creator friend, she's actually been doing this for about seven or eight years. And I would just message her like, is this normal? Should I be accepting this kind of deal? Like really tapping in. So I, I will say that this process was in the very beginning of me really fully leaning into this. Cause like I said, I've been doing this since 2017, but this is like full on going headfirst into this for the last year. And what has kind of come of this has just been me utilizing a team that I have now slowly created. Like I have a small team of people who really, truly help me with every element of content creation and, and having a, a, a Facebook group where I can ask more questions to, in addition to my close friends who are creators. And I do think that community in and of itself is going to be what carries someone. You cannot do this alone. It's just, it is so difficult and so hard for just one person to do. Well, I also love that because it's so easily, I mean, it could be any industry is competitive, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure it can be easy to assume that everyone's just like, ooh, no, this is my deal. This is my deal. But one of the things I've really been appreciative of, of is the a f- group of friends that I have that allow me to call them and say, hey, you know, in your experience, like, how do you do Like being yeah. able to phone a friend in that situation is just yeah. So lovely when you just eradicate any like when you realize like, no, no, we can all lift each other up 
we can all rise up together. Like there, there's room for everyone at this table. So mm-hmm. let's all like enjoy this meal. It's way better than just sitting at a table alone by yourself. This can be very isolating. I should definitely mention that. It's a very isolating job to do content creation because no one else is around when you're, the example that you brought up earlier, no one else is around. I don't have a team that can help me set up my camera and then adjust the camera. So yes, having people that you can tap into is very helpful when you absolutely are like, oh my God, what's going on? I don't know what to do. <laughs> for, and there's also the reality that it's a job. Yeah. You know, there's a wonderful, like for me, even just looking at your social media and looking at your yeah. Instagram, it's so easy to be fooled by like the highlight reel yeah. and knowing that like there are amazing experiences like you see that you're at like this film premiere event and then you're at this like fun party and then you have it with your friend and, like yeah. you're traveling and so that is all really magical and I think that especially younger people get like so like oh mystified by like that could be I could just be out gallivanting at all times and forget like the work and the ethic that needs to be put into it for anyone who's ever just assumed you know, I, I've just seen that in the small amount of, you know, brand deals and partnerships that I feel very grateful that I've been able to be a part of yeah. that I truly would not have been able to do without a team. Even yeah. this podcast, I would not be able to have this podcast without my producer, Melissa. Sure. Hey, Melissa. <laughs> and as someone who edits this podcast. And then there's also someone who puts together the TikToks and the reels. And because I, that is not something that I'm well versed in. And I know that. I know that about myself. But for anyone who would maybe look at your social media and be like, yeah. oh, you just like go around and you just put some graphics on a thing. Can you also, I know that there are probably days that are hard and there are events that you attend that actually aren't that fun because you're so constantly stressed about having to get the shot and yes. having to get the right content yes. and edit it the correct way. Oh my gosh. First off, <laughs> that has happened. And I am so grateful to have good friends who, whenever it's not just me on my own, but I'm there with a friend, like, they go along with the flow with me. Like it's a blessing because just as you mentioned, like there's a lot of anxiety to creation that I don't think that people understand because you are really putting humility to the side and you have to be honest with yourself that there's a vision that other people don't see and they're not going to see but other people are going to enjoy it once they see the finished product. And there's such an interesting, with content creation, I feel like you really have to see the bigger picture for yourself. And you have to understand that there's no one else that's going to be able to see the vision that you see for yourself. You can have people who are on the influencers in the wild page and they're like taking a video of someone who's taking a video of themselves. But you, the person who's recording that, that person who's the influencer out in the wild they'll never be able to understand what that person sees for themselves because it's not their path. It's not, you know, their destination. But I can tell you that the finished product, there will be hundreds or thousands of people who will interact with the post or with the interaction or whatever they see. But you're not seeing, you're you're seeing like the behind the scenes and you're sort of poking fun of it. There's such an interesting, you know, kind of life sort of comparison here. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm like, let's look at some of the behind the scenes of these superhero movies. Okay. Like oh if we're God. looking yeah, at people right? in little green tight outfits, <laughs> like, you know, snacking on some Doritos in between scenes Not where they're sexy. like stuck being like hung up in the air with like wires to fly around <laughs> and like has to be like, hold on, pause for here. Like none of that is sexy, but the finished product looks real good yeah, and it looks fantastic. Yeah. And we all just need to like give each other some grace while we're standing and put balancing our phones on dirty, dirty sidewalks to try to show everyone our outfits only for the phone to fall down, potentially break. You're relieved it didn't. And then you don't even know what kind of like rat goo you probably got on your phone that you're putting all over your face so you can call your friend or your agent to say like I did it the sacrifice, the sacrifice. 
<laughs> I do want to talk about just like growing up a little bit yeah. because so on one of your posts, you talked about how that you're a Nigerian American born in Mexico yeah. and that you became a U.S. citizen at the age of 14. Isn't that wild? So that is wild, wild. actually. Like if you were ever playing two truths and a lie, that, like, that would that's a fantastic truth. That's actually really I'm going to keep note of that. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to remember that. Is that a wild story? So it is. Okay, so walk walk me through that a little bit because I also to also end up as a content creator. I can like I'm dying to know about your parents and you trying to explain your job to them unless they're just super cool because. I, I think even just being on television, it took me a while for my dad to be like, I don't get it. What's a pilot and why what's happening? Like and like it just couldn't come together. So I, I can even an imagine explaining content. Creation. I got an answer for you for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my story. Uh, yeah. So I am I am Nigerian American and my parents actually the I guess. The storyline is my dad had actually immigrated to the United States for education and then got his master's and then went back to Nigeria after he got his master's, married my mom, and then they both moved to the States. And I I, honestly, I don't even know how the process was back in the 80s. Like maybe the process was a little bit different than it is now, but essentially uh, her documentation was temporary. It was enough for her to be here maybe for a year. And instead of going back to Nigeria, my dad was actually going to school in San Diego. So they went, what was he studying? Sorry. To uh, he's an account. He's an accountant. Well, he was studying accounting and then he eventually became an accountant, but he was actually mm-hmm. studying and working as a janitor. So this is like, this is actually really great. It'll tie into a lot of our other topics here. But he was a janitor. And so he, you know, was fortunate enough. He had his family who had helped send him here to the United States. But to sustain himself, I mean, he had to figure it out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people don't really understand these parts of immigration stories or immigrant stories is that, you know, some people who are immigrating from much more farther than, say, Canada or Mexico. Yes, huge privilege getting to have even the money to buy a plane ticket. But then once they're here, they have to figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but this is part of, his story is still part of my story because that's eventually how it was that I ended up living in Tijuana, being born in Tijuana, because instead of going back to the United States, my parents decided, let's just go on, you know, on the other side of the border. And anybody who's not familiar with California and Mexico, the border towns are actually like pretty established towns. You, There's like a parking lot. For anybody who hasn't been to Tijuana recently, I had the opportunity to go recently in the last two or three years. And yeah, it's like a parking lot and you you walk through, you go through security. There's a whole border patrol. Like it's a, it's a very, it's a very processed process. And you are in Tijuana on the other side of Tijuana. And so this in the eighties must've not been, you know, as uh, it, my parents were able to do it, very, you know, very easily. You know, my dad would go to work in San Diego and then he'd go back home to Tijuana I have another friend who grew up exactly that same, really? exactly the same. Yes. Her and her sisters grew up too, was literally living in Tijuana and then also eventually living in San Diego and then coming back to Tijuana and just going back and yeah. forth and their parents would work in different cities. And so, yes, it was in, she's in our age range too. So it's the same. Okay. Yes, it was just different. Mm-hmm. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. 
It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com I love that you're like solidifying my story in that way because like I didn't, even now as an adult, I don't even hear it enough, but I know that that was what people were doing back then if they were also in my dad's, you know, same circle of friends. So it wasn't uncommon, but now as an adult, I don't hear it as much. So you're, you're helping me solidify this story a little bit more. Yeah. So, you know, I was born in Tijuana in this transitionary period that they were in. I'm sure if they had figured out my mother's, you know, uh, immigration papers, which I guess took her a year because by the time that a year came up, I had already been born and then they moved back to San Diego. She had the proper documentation to move back to San Diego. And from then on, you know, I didn't really need to be considered somebody that needed to go through the the naturalization process. I think the naturalization process is exactly 14 years. So at 14 years old, there's a picture of me with my United States. I don't even know what you call it. The what the formal word is of it, but it's a it's a, a formal documentation. And my dad was already an American citizen by the time I was 14. And so you your naturalization comes from a parent or somebody you're married to. So, you know, I put up my hand on the book and, you know, it's a whole process. So I am an American by uh, naturalization. (laughs) I only know, you know, I don't even speak Spanish. I don't even speak my own native tongue. I speak only English, which is like, oh my gosh, I should, I need to, I need to figure out this is a hobby because I would love to eventually retire in Mexico one day, but that's a whole other conversation. That, hey, there's tons of content to be created around that. So I think that's a whole little like circle on your Instagram is like, <laughs> there's a whole brand to be made, brand partnership to be made there. So then what, what did you want to do when you were a kid then? Oh, like, what did, like, I mean, if you were doing pageants, then you must have seen yourself at the forefront of like a stage for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this question because out of any of the conversations that I've had, no one's asked me this question because everything is birthed from something. So when I was a kid, just naturally, I loved being just dancing, singing, just doing things, you know, and there's a video that my parents took of me where I'm literally imitating Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson is, you know, I think as we know now a little, you know, he's a controversial figure, but back then in the eighties, like he was the thing like that. Michael Jackson was who we were looking up to. So I would dance to Michael Jackson songs and my parents were just, they would just listen and like see that, I was into the arts in a way that they couldn't just, you know, change. You know, I think that they even attempted doing soccer with me and it just didn't gravitate, but I gravitated towards dance. So my parents put me in in, in an actual company, a dance company, and I was a dancer from the age of eight until I was 19 years old. And it was a competition dance company. I was a competition dancer from eight to 19 years old. So from then on in between there, you know, I would say, mom, I want to, I want to do modeling. And so my mom would put me in modeling classes just to see if like 
I really truly wanted to be a model. And then I would say, I want to do acting. And so literally they would put me in acting classes. And all of this is happening in Arizona because eventually once we finally moved back to California, my dad's job moved us to Arizona. And so at five and a half years old, we moved to Arizona, which is now considered my hometown. And from five up until the time that I decided to leave to LA, I lived in Arizona and I was pursuing a lot of what I would consider creative arts. And my parents didn't really, they, they really just kind of invested in whatever, like, okay, you want to do acting, we'll put you in acting classes. And then if it didn't stick, they're like, okay, great. You, what else do you want to do? And so I was really fortunate enough to have parents who were just kind of really leaning into the things that I was telling that I wanted to do. And then I think by the time that college came, I just, I remember the conversation. My dad's like, okay, so what do you really want to do? And at first I just thought that was so confusing. <laughs> like, what do you mean what I want to do? I want to go into dance. You know, there was a very serious conversation and anybody who knows Nigerian parents, and even if it's not Nigerian parents, just some immigrant households know that oftentimes you're having a conversation where you're not going to have college paid for unless you do something that they think that will actually be a lucrative career. So it's like lawyer, doctor, nurse, something that has, you know, something that has a name that you you or I have heard has longevity to it. So a plan, a, plan. a foolproof yeah. plan. Yes. So I was given that conversation. And so I had to make a switch by 18, 19 years old <laughs> in order to go to college. <laughs> but look at the educate. I mean, but that's kind of, I think, the beauty that we are all on one hand, whatever we want to say about technology, there is still this really powerful, beautiful, it's given us the ability to build the, have a foundation that we can build our own houses on. Yes. You know, like there's so many people that I've had the opportunity to sit down with that, you know, would never were able to take that. A lot of writers, I know, like never able to take that writing class. And so then they just ended up on, you know, Wattpad and, and writing, you know, fi fan fiction that turned into like a best-selling series. And, and then there's someone else who who was like, oh, yeah, I just had this idea of like what I thought would be aesthetically more beautiful and then builds their entire own like creative PR brand. You know, it, it's like the fact that, you know, we are able to have our own agency mm. and and that that doesn't have to happen we don't have to know who we are when we are 20 because that doesn't exist that's not real yeah. and the fact that we actually get to grow and develop and get to know ourselves and then still later on go like actually we have plenty of time yeah. there's no expiration date like we are not milk like we are we are human beings that get to like grow and evolve and the stage doesn't just go away the curtains aren't drawn they can be opened up whenever we want very lucky we are very lucky. Yeah. a very lucky era to be in truly truly and i think that there's a saying in one of my last jobs like you have no idea what more iterations there are <laughs> this is just the now we have absolutely no idea we could all be we could all be you know how you have those what do you call it the holograms like we could all be hologramming mm -hmm. and that could end up being like the next iteration of what we're in right now like you just you never know that is something that i've always no been been taught as well <laughs> yeah yeah yep i know my 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 dad's like wise advice is, honey, if you ain't growing, you're dying. It's true. It's, if. it's true. <laughs> and I think well. that that's something too. That if you don't feel like you're continuing to learn in what you're doing, then that's also another sign that you need to do something that you you feel really passionate about. And I also kind of have a saying that I cannot leave this planet until I have fully fulfilled what I know makes me happy. I cannot leave this planet. And it's truly like what kind of inspired a lot of, you know, a lot of the hardship when I, you know, started living in LA, it was, I absolutely cannot die on this planet, not having done what I truly wanted to do and what made me happy. So we are definitely lucky. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much. We are lucky to hear from you today. And also it is it is just apparent not only just watching you, you know, from on the Zoom call, I can see your face light up when you do talk about, you know, what you've been able to do in this complete career change and, you know, an emotional shift into just really leaning into your joy and being able to do that for a job every day and be successful at it. And and so and I know everyone can hear it in your voice as well. So thank you so thank much. You, and yeah. Ursuline, before I let you yeah. go, I love to do a little conversation cool down. So okay. we've gotten to know about you as a content creator, but I got five little last questions okay. for you. Just the first thing that pops up into your head. Can you tell us something that you like? I like my life right now. I like my life right now. It is truly beautiful. I live in my dream neighborhood and I literally am living my dream life and I'm so blessed. (laughs) I love that answer. Something that you know. I know that this has been a really great podcast interview. Perfect. (laughs) Thanks. I love that. (laughs) Okay. Something that you hate. Mm, I hate internet trolls. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping on brand here. I hate internet trolls. They're they're the bane of my existence, honestly. <laughs> I just imagine them all as robots or just like yeah. really little just kids. Really sad people on the internet. <laughs> something that you love that is not family, friends, pets, just something that you personally love for you. Mm, gosh. I Gosh, I, I love the era that we live in. I really, I really do. I really don't even think that words can describe it. We live in such a lucky era. There are people who have lived in eras that have been really tough and not been able to feel that they can be the fullest version of themselves. And I think that we are truly lucky, the era that we live in, because there have been other people who have suffered or who have not been able to fulfill all the things that they wanted to, and we can look at them as examples and make changes in our own lives. And what is a quirky little fact about you? Ooh, a quirky fact. I, something quirky? God, I talk to myself. I talk to myself all the time. I'm having conversations about things that haven't even happened yet. That is like, I have like my own like, show you know in the bathroom or like as I'm cooking like all right guys so here's what we're doing (laughs) around so I love that (laughs) I love that well you know what I could talk just like you talk to yourself I could talk to you all day so thank you Ursuline for hanging out with me and I truly appreciate it thank you a Super Bloom podcast is hosted by me, Candace King, produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions, edited by Diane Kang, post-production sound by Coco Lawrence, and advertising partnership with Acast. <laughs>